Hello there, my name is Alice Vickery and welcome to my podcast, Dingbat Chat, where I try out new experiences and then discuss my efforts with an expert after everything has already probably gone a bit wrong. You're currently listening to episode two, so to make sure you don't miss any future silliness, go and like Dingbat Chat on the big three. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Now we've got the spiel out the way, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who listened last week. Being Paid to Party was my podcast baby and the birth went rather well, so I am thrilled. And from drinking booze to drinking water, or in this case, nowhere near enough, my next adventure was in the Blue Mountains of Australia. So I remember on that first night walking to the Three Sisters, which is just this beautiful rock formation in the pitch black, and all I could see were stars. Australia is right under this huge hole in the ozone layer, and though that does mean that skin cancer treatment centres are as common as 7-Eleven stores, the Milky Way is dazzling. I've, uh, I've never quite gotten the term canopy of stars before until I saw this view, but honestly, they were genuinely twinkling red and blue and gold. It was, it was just incredible. Not just to see all that, but to be surrounded by all this nature. I mean, I saw a lyrebird, which is my all-time favourite because I remember in a year eight geography class watching a David Attenborough video of it imitating all the other birds in the jungle. It was so good, in fact, that it could do camera clicks and babies crying. And though Emily was a little bit confused when I started tearing up over some random bird in a tree, it still made my day. And the walks and the views and the fresh air... It all had so much potential to be positive. But this is Dingbat Chat. Of course, something had to go wrong. So sit back and enjoy episode two, Hiking to Hell and Back. We are currently in a hostel in Melbourne. It's another YHA hostel. I can't seem to escape them. But hey, you get a good discount. So I'm not unhappy about it. And I'm here with the lovely Leo. Hello, Leo. Hello, nice to meet you, Alice. Nice to meet you too, Leo. I've already, you know, sort of described you a little bit at this point. But, I mean, how would you describe yourself? What would you, what would you say is a nice thing about you? Well, let's say I'm a very interested young man who loves to go around the world to talk to all different people from all sorts of cultures and learn about life. Okay, I mean, how, how different am I to the people you normally talk to? So I'd say you're the most British person of all the Brits <laughs> that I've talked to you so far. Uh, I like that, though. <laughs> what do you mean? What, what, you know, what qualifies me as a British person? I don't know, you know, when I think about the British people, yeah. I think of them very, very loud, very <laughs> proud, and, yeah, not, not afraid to say what they think, and that's exactly where you are. You have a nice smile, okay. you look around the world, and you're not... You don't dare to ask the right questions. No, that's true. And loud and proud is actually my Instagram bio, so you must have known. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, I don't. I really. I'm, I no. Okay. Well, Leo is rather lovely. He's from Germany. How old are you, Ken Leo? I'm just 18. Just 18. He's fresh-faced. You've been travelling for 
a while now. As you said, was it six, five, six months? Ah, oh, five months, yeah. Five months. And, you know, obviously a big part of that. One of the reasons I came up and started talking to you, actually, was because you were incredibly smiley. And I thought only people who exercise and walk can be that smiley. Only those kind of people. How, so how long have you been walking for before that? Did you do a lot of walking at home? Um, not as much as I wanted to, mm-hmm. but... I always had this urge together with my dad that we say, okay, we got to get out of this for a certain amount of time, you know? Mm. We live, humans live in a society that was not like that when we, yeah, became humans, I say. Mm. So sometimes I reckon, I reckon it's good to go back to the nature, go back to your roots. And that's what my dad did. We did hiking tracks through very amazing valleys in Germany. Mm. And we also did one of the craziest things that I loved. It was kind of a survival tour in Sweden. Basically, we just drove 20 hour bus ride to Sweden. Most painful thing I've did ever in my life. One of the most <laughs> painful stuff. My ass was like, <laughs> but um, basically, we just got dropped out in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in Sweden, on gigantic lake with several isle, isle, little islands, and they were like, "Okay, see you in two weeks, survive." And two weeks. See you in two weeks. Have fun surviving, and uh, yeah. If anything happens, yeah, don't cry. And <laughs> see you then. Bye-bye. Did they give you any, like, training beforehand? Anything no, like that? obviously not. It's, it's supposed to be fun, <laughs> eh? It's supposed to be nice. <laughs> well, yeah, sounds it. Yeah, and basically, they give you a kayak, so you can, like, travel across the lake, and yeah. a little bit of food, a little food ration. I was like, okay, let's do it. And, um, yeah, so we just went out. And, obviously, a lot of kayaking, but also a lot of walking around. And I can tell, I would swear... I give an oath on it that walking around in the nature is mm. good for you mm. in many ways possible. Catch mm. some sunlight, get some fresh sounds of the nature to feel relaxed and just think about stuff because it gives you, you know, you know that moment when you actually can't stop thinking about something, when you have so many different thoughts in your head all colliding and all flashing around and it's hard to literally don't think about anything mm. for a second, for a second. I felt like this is not a problem when you go around the nature. Yes. When you hike around, when you climb, it's just a moment in which you don't think. And that's kind of a piece that I really like. Well, it's sort of like it's sort of like all you can think about is putting one foot in front of the other, isn't it? That's yeah. the only thing going on in your head yeah, is step definitely. after step and looking where you're going and putting your foot down. And I feel like that in some way gets the subconscious working, doesn't it? And then you start to figure things out that you might not have thought about before. And the endorphins kick in and your yeah, smile kicks in. And you're yeah. smiling. Everyone walks by, even if it's a monkey or a bird. You're happy <laughs> to see them, whatever. Yes. And it's just a lovely thing. It's a lovely place to be. I mean, I've been walking because I'm from Cornwall back in England and I'd been I've been doing little walks in in, in Cornwall called Brown Willie yes uh, which is as naughty as it sounds no it's just a little it's a little more and there's just a little hill on it and I've been, I've walked up of that so many times and I've just always loved sort of being in nature and stuff so I thought I was quite good at walking I thought it was something I could do and I mean I even went on an expedition in the Czech Republic but that was a solid three years ago now so I mean I might not be quite as good at it as I was before when you're going around looking at all these places also you say you know about your brain going still and everything going silent for a little bit what's one of the best views you've seen because there's 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 moments where as you say you're walking along it's silent and then suddenly you come across a sight and it's your breath just gets whipped whipped out of you so I mean what's one that sort of affected you in a similar way that's made you go (gasps) well I have many views Mm. but I reckon one of the best views that I ever had in my life was when I um, 
flew to Alaska mm. with my dad, one of our other trips. <laughs> That's also like probably the biggest nature trip we did. Yeah. But we went to a German immigrant who lived there for 25 years, built his own house and breeded like huskies. Mm. And he took us out to trips with them. And um, one was that we climbed the mountain. It was called the Mount Sugarloof. And you see this, you know, I think, as you say, climbing a hill or a mm. mountain is an awesome experience. You start very low and you stick one foot to the other one and you go up, go up. And you don't really see anything. You just walk to a forest. There's not really like a change of vision. Mm. And then at some point after an hour-long walk, you just arrive at the top. You breach out and suddenly you can look around. You see the track that you just gone and you see, your, you see everything. Everything around those hundreds of kilometers of complete loneliness in Alaska. Mm. I saw thousands of mountains where, you, where no human probably lives or ever lived. Mm. And they were so silent. They were like original. They were untouched. And that was quite beautiful. Mm. You know, I reckon the best thing about a long walk is all the, all the hard stuff through it. Very hard walking tracks. And at the end, you arrive at a point where suddenly you just look back and say, I made it. Yeah. I made it. And then you look up and you feel like, oh, this view is so worth it. That was so worth it going around. And I saw, yeah, I could imagine like this valley looked like it before the humans were there after the humans will be there mm. and probably to the end of time and it was just beautiful beautiful in any way and it's a feeling you know you say sort of miles miles of loneliness yes. in Alaska but it, it's sort of the difference between being lonely and mm. being alone because um, alone isn't a sad feeling alone is just being by yourself yes. for a little bit and I imagine it's that it's not a sad feeling to see that much space around you mm. in fact it's quite good sometimes to put yourself in perspective and feel small yes. compared to everything else because it makes you I don't know it makes you feel fuller because yeah. you're so self-obsessed when you're walking through your normal life you're like everything's about me mm. and then suddenly for that moment it's not Yes, and you're so small compared to everything else yeah. and it's brilliant yes definitely it's a lovely feeling I reckon we humans need some point where we actually see things a little bit in perspective mm. not from our own one but from everything in general sometimes we get way too stressed out about our daily life we worry about so many things and mm. if for one second we see it in a greater picture then we see oh it's actually all right it's gonna be all right it has always been all right and don't stress too much about it mm. and that's something that i loved actually here in australia mm -hmm. they were in the springbrook national park um that's a very very good one basically when i stayed on the farm we had a car and with my other woofers you call them <laughs> we um yeah decided to take trips on the weekend because yeah what to do we're alone <laughs> yeah so we drove there completely unprepared and we did the walk and it was hard it was hot yeah. it was very loud because animals around us were shouting this is like laser gun bird you ever heard of it no. it literally sounds like a laser gun it's like pew, 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 pew. <laughs> wait does it sound like the sidewalks here you know it goes or then you have to go and walk across the road. Oh, nah. Like, okay, no, different to that. Nah. More laser gun than it's, that. It's literally, you could put it in a Star Wars movie and you would not <laughs> see it. It's magic. It's, it's absolutely awesome. And um, yeah, we did this long work and we're like, oh, this is, oh, this is hard. Mm. And it got cold and, and the change kind of hit us. And then after hours of walking, it was like a 16 kilometer walk. We finally arrived at, yeah, this humongous waterfall and you can actually dive into it and so we went into there the water was freezing cold freezing and no one was there it was just us just us free and we yeah we felt like oh we are lonely right now but 
this loneliness, walking alone through this gigantic forest. It was amazing. And under mm. this waterfall, we just showered under it. We could feel the life spirits pulsating through our veins. It was it was amazing in any yeah. way possible. It was it was just as such a different experience to anything you'd had before and only really only going out into nature and just sort of leaving yourself and letting it all wash over you will let you experience something like that i mean obviously that's that's a lovely um spiritual and and meaningful personal experience but there are also i find when you do things like walking because of the type of people you meet and the way you put yourself out there you can get yourself into some silly situations some slightly happy silly situations i mean i know myself when i was in the czech republic doing my expedition we had some challenges that we had to do we were giving a sheet of challenges and uh, one of them was to go and cook a czech family a traditional british meal now i would not have thought to have done that by myself But I was absolutely thrilled to be given the challenge because I don't really tend to say no. If someone dares me to do something, bitch, I am not letting myself down. (laughs) i got to go do it. So, I mean, I was running around. We were halfway through the expedition and we we were like running around a town. There was like some weird festival going on. We were having a lovely time. And I was absolutely keen to find a family here that I could cook dinner for. And I remember there was a little boy on a doorstep and he was like looking at us. He was like, oh, what are you doing? And I thought, he looks like a very nice little boy. I'm sure he also belongs to a very nice Czech family. <laughs> so I went up to him and I said, hello, uh, is your, are your parents here? And he said, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to go get them. He didn't speak any English. He was like, mom. So okay, this is going to come across as very strange. But I said, hello. I said, this is what we're doing. There was like a uh, translation on the sheet of the task we had to do. So she was like, oh, uh come in so she invited myself and my three other friends to come in and look at the food they had in the fridge and see if we could like create dinner for them so you had to use their food yeah 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 we had to just uh, (laughs) use everything i mean it probably would have been nicer if we'd like gone to Lidl's and brought the food with us but we thought we shall use your weird chubby sausages and your strange mashed potatoes and talk to you over google translate they were absolutely lovely and they gave us alcohol at the end i think it was a sipping whiskey that they gave us but i shot at it but they were like very happy they just looked very surprised when i drank the whole thing wow but it was just (laughs) such a wonderful experience you know and uh, that's that's one of the weird things that can happen yeah. like the happy coincidences yeah. I mean have you ever had anything yeah. similar to that in general walking around especially in the nature is a beautiful opportunity to come into contact with people you will probably realize that when you walk around in a big forest yourself alone or you're climbing a hill and you see people coming down or coming up you smile at each other why is that so we're just walking why are we smiling I reckon maybe it's because an activity that kind of makes us happy, makes us easy, and then you see other humans, and it's like, wow, that's nice. And um, I reckon it's an awesome thing to come together, and when it's about experiencing silly things, silly things, this is one of the yeah, best setups for it. Just meeting new people which seem to be happy, full of, I'd say, risky ideas, mm. and that's how sometimes it comes. So what we, for example, did after we went to the waterfall of the story I told earlier, um, we met a couple of other people that climbed down the mountain so, and they found a very, very big tree with a lot of, uh, how do you call it? Like, what did Tarzan use in order to swing around? Vines. Vines, vines. yeah. Huge vines. Huge vines. And we're like, you know what? Let's be Tarzan. And we climbed up the vines, like 20 meters or something. And it was that, that scary, I can tell. <laughs> but we swung around like Tarzan. It's like, this is impossible. Oh my God. But it was amazing. One of my friends always fell down. 
But um, it was it was amazing. It None was, of you ended up broken or no, anything. No, no, no. Just it's a happy story. Just my friend's pride, yeah, because he okay. couldn't because he couldn't climb up to the top. But Aww. it was it was amazing. Like random stuff like this, and the people who did that in the first place mm. we never met before. But we talked to them the in, for the rest of the entire trip. We shared food together. They told us where we live or where they live, and um, yeah, it was amazing. I have that's wonderful. Yeah, that's one of those wonderful again one of those wonderful experiences yes. that you would only get from going out there and putting yourself out there quite literally in the middle of nowhere and finding like common kindred spirits I suppose is how you'd say it yeah definitely so I mean obviously you've been travelling around Australia and you've been going to all these places and you've got a lot of walking have you been to the Blue Mountains then? Uh, I've been to the Blue Mountains Mm -hmm. yeah awesome experience very very nice place this is where the advice comes from this is where the dingbat comes in because as I said I thought I thought Mm -hmm. I was good at walking yeah (laughs) but I feel like if you if you think you're good at something you get a bit lazy you bet you, yeah, know, you get definitely. a bit casual about it a bit clumsy about the things you can do <laughs> and i said to my good friend emily i said don't worry darling i know what i'm doing you can <laughs> trust me we won't get lost we'll have enough food we'll be all prepared yeah. trust me and i think that was um where she went wrong <laughs> was doing what i told trusting her you. and trusting me that was the issue so we we got to the blue mountains and we were very excited to you know go for a proper walk and i said to her have you ever done like a proper hike before and she said done one and i said right where was that she said in the jungle in thailand and i said right oh. i mean it's probably going to be a little bit different to that probably but i mean you know it'll be fine we'll be a proper walk we'll go and see all the sites it'll be beautiful did you know that the mountains are called the blue mountains because of the eucalyptus trees and the oil in the bark is released into the air and it gives everything a blue hue really yes i reckon i heard that but i forgot it but now you remembered me well you're very welcome oh thank you so much anyway just a quick fat break um (laughs) so yeah we we got there on our first day and we went to the grand canyon Mm. which i thought was quite funny because i thought you know australia whole other country on the other side of the world surely they'd be able to come up with another name than the grand canyon (laughs) maybe the like great canyon or the not so big but still quite big canyon you know something along those lines but we went to the grand canyon and uh we went on a four or five hour walk is what the receptionist told us she said it's a medium walk you'll be fine if you've done some walking before you'll be fine (laughs) and we um we didn't bring enough water i think that was like step number wrong how much water did you got one average size bottle what yeah five hours with like one Uh and a half liters yeah no it wasn't it wasn't my best idea leo and the thing is i sweat a lot i'm I'm very aware that i sweat a lot so i lose more water than i put into me on a regular basis so um i i definitely screwed myself over with that one and then when we were walking down like we got we got to the grand canyon and then we got to the turning that we had to take to do the longer walk Mm -hmm. and uh we kept on losing the trail because there were, there were very few arrows as to where to go. And when you had to cross the river, it didn't tell you that you had to cross the river. You just had to suss out that between the trees on the other side, that there wow. was a path that continued going. Wow. I mean, we did eventually, after, thank God, like we got to the top, to the bottom of the valley and then had to walk back up the stairs. I mean, I think that literally killed our legs. It, was, it should be called the Stairmaster, that walk, because we were walking up the side of a bloody oh, mountain. I can imagine that so good. It was, uh, it, was, it was amazing, but for the last hour, I think it was a bit of hell for both Emily and I. I mean, I ended up drinking mountain water. I remember sticking my head under some moss and just sucking and hoping for the best. <laughs> and then we got to the top. And it was absolutely pitch dark at that point. And we thought, hmm, okay, no buses and we don't know where we are. How are we going to get home? We saw one camper van. 
in the distance with a light on and we thought this is it this is our opportunity so we went up to them and we knocked on the door praying it would be someone who looked rather sensible and a young female french lady opened the door she said hello and i thought this is the one this is the opportunity (laughs) hello and they ended up she was waiting for her boyfriend she was waiting for her boyfriend who was still walking and they ended up taking us all the way back to cut Katoomba, where Amazing we were staying, that. and it was just like it was the perfect opportunity. You know, everything everything could have gone very wrong, and Emily did think we did have to call Mountain Rescue at some point, but you know, we arrived just in time before the light went. We, you know, had just enough water to get up. Well, not really, but to get us to the toilets at the top, so we could drink again, and then we had some transport back. I mean, we were very lucky. So, I mean, if you had been in that situation, what would you have done? All, the, all I can say to this is, and thus it became adventure worth remembering. You know, sometimes you have just normal walks. You just walk around, see the sights, just go back, and that's it. But you also have walks like this, where you completely lose control, where you're ongoing, things unprepared, and you f- see yourself suffering, but at the end, always laughing about it, always enjoying it. I can guarantee you, you need stuff like this as well. You hold out through the end, and I reckon I would have done the same because I'm quite stubborn. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, you've got to wait. You've got to see it through, haven't you? Yes, yes. And when it comes to walking, it's, it's important to yeah, just not give up. Just go for it. And even if you're very, very close to the brink of, I'm going to sit down and wait for the rescue. Mm. Um, yeah, just go with it and become creative. I like the fact that you just drink mountain water. I mean, how many people can say, yeah, I stick my head on the moist in the Blue Mountains and suck up mountain water in order to not die? I would like to say not many. I would like to think that that's quite a unique experience. (laughs) Well, I reckon most of the people don't do that. But (laughs) still, still, you know, some people are definitely... Oh, let's have a little drinking trip while we go there. I feel like you would do that, but you would bring beer with you instead or enough water in the first place. My German heritage kind of makes me bring both, you know, (laughs) German efficiency for the water and the laugh, (laughs) taste of beer for the other one. You'll be fine. (laughs) I can tell you guys, whenever you get lost in the woods or whatever, first of all, don't panic. You'll find the way home. And so it happens you're not a super astrology cartographer who's... able to read the stars and tell which direction you have to go back don't worry you can always call the mountain rescue but i'd say try to make it through Mm. try to find water in an emergency case and yeah just walk the tracks because the tracks eventually will lead to a place where you will be safe exactly or you just go back as they did that's that's the way to go and if no one's there anymore i mean you're in a forest as always would you should know how to make a fire that's Mm. how we survived all through our time so and then you should be happy and i can guarantee you most of the time you're at least not the only one and being happy is or being nice and open to people always brings you brings you home no matter where you are and this is coming from a guy who's done a survival two-week bender so i mean i think you can take his advice fairly seriously i mean is there ever been a point like a really dodgy point for you where you've been like i'm not sure how safe i am here and you've had to actually sort of sit down make a fire you know obviously the survival thing was part of that but i mean just any time where you really really felt out of control and not in a good way oh yeah i remember when my dad and i as i said were um driving with uh, the slits at uh, alaska with the huskies mm. my dad fell from it so it, first of all it's called down, uh, dog mushing but my dad fell off it and uh the dogs don't stop if you fell off they just keep going and i was like damn my dad is kind of screwed because he's in the middle of nowhere 50 kilometers no 
in the one direction 50 kilometers no people in the other direction 500 kilometers no one so yeah i was a little bit scared on that one was it just the two of you uh, no, the guy was there, but he did not stop. He just oh. kept driving. And then I had to collect my dad up, what is fairly not easy, because basically the way it works is that, that the guide kind of drives in front of you with a snow bike or snowmobile and kind of prepares the way and the dogs just walk in it. You control the dogs, you give them directions, you stop them, but you can't like turn them around anything. They don't trust you enough. Mm. And that's what happened at that moment. I, I, I panicked a little bit and tried to get my dad because it's his dogs were running away. And I treated my dogs in a way that they seemed to lose trust because my commands were not as steady, obviously, as the ones that they're used to from their master. I mean, he won the Iditarod. That's like the big husky race throughout Canada, down the Yukon, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, basically, um, my dogs stopped listening to me. So we had this, uh, oh, when we wanted to, like, for example, I stopped them, and then you say, like, Ooh. and then you say, hike, when you want them to start again. And I said hike, but I didn't start. And there was, in the middle of nowhere, the, ghost, the guy lost us. My dad was somewhere behind, and my dogs were in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah, my dad finally reached me, and we kind of drove together on my slit. But, yeah, my dogs were not gone. So I was like, oh, what, am, what are we going to do now? <coughs> I tried to, like, go to the dogs, cuddle with them, make them happy, make them comfortable. But it was not easy. It's like, okay, Dad, because it was turning dark, we might have to survive here. Fortunately, the guy turned around and watched I was for us. I say, he must have noticed at some point that yeah. you weren't behind yeah, him. because he was, like, quite far ahead, and that's how it ended up. And, like, after some time, he just came back, and I was, like, a little bit afraid because it was so quite snowy at some point, and I was afraid that um, the snow, because, like, a little snowstorm was coming. Fortunately, this guy came back. He was like, Docs, what are you doing? Gish, gish, gish. Gave someone a little bit of bites in the ear, like you did that in the one movie. And, um, yeah, we went going. Eventually, yeah, yeah you we, got we, moving again. We got going, but I literally thought about, what are we going to do now? Like, we You have to plan, don't yeah, you, for yeah. every eventuality. Yeah. I mean, did you have, like, survival stuff on you just in case? Not really. Happened? No? I had a knife. Just, I, had, I had a knife. I had a knife. I mean, I'm not brag real, though. snow you needed to cut, or the dog you might eventually have to eat in case oh, it got yeah. too bad. Yeah, I was about to say, those dogs are like 10,000 bucks worth ETH. It's not worth the dog steak that I can't yeah. even prepare, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I tried. <laughs> but I was. that was like one moment where it's like, okay, what are we going to do now? But I suppose that teaches you to prepare for every yeah. eventuality doesn't yeah. it and I mean stuff like that moments like that they scare you but they also make you braver because if you go out and Definitely. do it again then you're not just doing it because you want to mm. you're doing it despite of what might happen yeah. sometimes it gets hard but just stay calm and my granddad what he did he was in Brazil no no he was not in Brazil in Peru was that the, the mountains we call them Anten in Germany I don't know how you call them okay. but um, they have coca leaves you know what that is Co coca leaves. leaves as in as in um, chocolate uh, no, coca leaves, they're like, they kind of make you high. Oh, what, cocaine? No, cocaine no, no, no not, not cocaine leaves, but like <laughs> coca leaves. I don't coca know. leaves, okay. So basically, um, they were in Coca-Cola, by the way, fun fact. Yeah. Back then, like, I reckon... Yeah, co cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine was in Coca-Cola, yeah, yeah. so it's the coca leaf. Yeah, okay. But it's like, um, what it does is that because of the height, people get very dizzy because there's not that much oxygen and stuff. Mm. Yeah, so it's easy for them to take that. But mm. my granddad took it because he got it from someone, mm. and he went on a boat on the Amazonas then, and it was not allowed there. It was considered a heavy drug. Right. And if you get that, you were pretty much, oh, well, I wouldn't say like screwed, but you were screwed. Very screwed. And basically, <laughs> my granddad got catched with it. Uh, and what happened? They threw him off the boat. 
They threw him off the boat. Oh, As in in the middle of the river. Yeah, in the middle of the river. So imagine yourself being in the middle of the Amazon River, one of the greatest rivers in the world, where still people live that have never seen a white man. Yeah. And people drop you off and be like, have fun. What the hell am I gonna do? And I don't know how exactly he got back, but he made it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be at home right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he made it. And uh, he's a very hectic personality in like little and small things, like mm. not cleaning up the dishes. Mm. But when it comes to great... Like, not great say, adventures. Yeah, and, yeah. Or, yeah, great problems or like u- unusual situations, mm. he can stay so calm. He thrives. Yeah, he, he's like so, so easy. And I kind of got that a little bit from mm. him, I guess. Well, obviously, you're a bit of an inspiration for me, Leo, because I Sorry. am not a chill person i like to think sometimes i am in sort of general situations but um also (laughs) i can panic a little bit just because i think i get in my own head and when there's hope when there's hope is in i know i can work something out because i know we will eventually get there whatever the situation i am fine because you know i might get down but i know i will eventually get there but when there's no hope and you have to go and find it that's when it can get a yeah. bit dodgy. So, I mean, like, obviously in these situations, do you think a dingbat like me mm. could handle them? So, I'd say, um, yeah, try and work out where you got to go. Just go in this direction. And as long as you keep going, as long as you do something, you don't have time to think about what is going wrong, what could possibly happen, what little animal could sneak up your shoes <laughs> right now in that moment. So, you think I could do it then? You think I could, you know, if I, if I kept my head in the right place and didn't act too silly, then yeah. I'd be absolutely fine. I, I met a lot of people here who did stuff they've never done before. Mm-hmm. When it came, no matter if it came to bungee jumping or rafting through like mountains, through waterfalls or whatever. And they said, I had to fight my, my fear so many times, but now I feel so much better. Mm. So, I reckon it would definitely be a situation that freaks you out, that would freak you out, that would like mm. scare you a lot. But afterwards, you would definitely be more chilled about it if you would make it safe. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's always worth going out to see those things. Well, thank you so much, Leo. It's a pleasure. You've been absolutely wonderful. (laughs) I don't know if uh, any of you have learned anything there, but I think I have a few new philosophies to add to my mantra. (laughs) He's possibly the most optimistic 18-year-old I've ever met, and I massively appreciate it. (laughs) We came here on our first day, Emily and I, and we were feeling very, very tired and a little bit nauseous, and we sat down to drink some wine because that's what the British do best. We wallow (laughs) in wine. Um, And Leo was sitting next to us. We started talking to him, and straight away, it was like going to a TED Talk. And I massively appreciated it. I needed some motivation. So there he is. I hope he's motivated you, and... Thank you so much, Leo, and what wonderful advice. And uh, thank you for coming on Dingbat Chat. I'm so happy about this. Thank you so much, Alice. I mean, I mean last question, very quickly. Do you think I'm a dingbat? To be fair, I don't know what a dingbat is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just as dumb as I am, then. That's absolutely fine. No, thank you so much, Leo. Toodaloo. Thank you so much. It was amazing talking to you, Alice. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, thinking about it now, I probably should have explained to poor Leo what a dingbat was, but he was just so confident and keen and, I mean, you've heard him talk now, he could talk a penguin into thinking it's a giraffe, so I just let him get on with it. I did have the most wonderful time in the Blue Mountains, and now I know for next time that nothing less than a water cooler will satiate me, so, as Leo suggested, I will be prepared. 
Thank you so much for listening, guys. It really does mean the world to me. So please do go and follow Dingbat Chat and prepare yourself for a very special guest on episode three. Sit down, stand up. Comedy. Dun, 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 dun.